Hey there, and welcome back to A Conversation for One. Um, if you're listening for the first time, thanks for coming by. Um, this is the uh, podcast where I ramble on about a variety of multimedia, theme parks, anything really, but mostly horror and sci-fi. But today is going to be extra special because today is the, sadly, very humble Christmas extravaganza. Uh, so let me just start by saying hey to everybody. Um, <laughs> don't worry, I didn't die yet. Uh, I've just had some things come up recently, some some health scares, um, some job, well, my job. Uh, it's been really busy um, because of the weather. And uh, this being a hobby, this beautiful podcast, it honestly just kind of got brushed aside. I had the best intentions. I've been working on this episode actually since November. I was like kind of doodling on it while I was working on the Tron episode and it just never came to fruition. Unfortunately, neither did my uh, Tron episode. Um, like I started, I've, I've written stuff. It's been like pre-recorded. Some parts have been de- uh, finished and like I have like the sample audio and stuff ready, but I don't quite finish it, and then it just kind of gets tossed aside. It's the same reason why I finished all of my Christmas presents in like a week in November, because if I don't, they don't get done. I buy them, I wrap them, I forget what they are, but they're there, and I don't have to worry about it. But yeah, uh, let me just say quick, I did not forget about Tron. Tron Part 2, Volume 2, it it is coming up. Um, just like I said, it's one of those things where if I don't constantly like spit fire these out there it yeah it falls behind so yeah big apologies to my five ever faithful listeners um i know it's been a a dog's age it's literally been over a month um but i have quite the special show i did have quite the special show the show is still going to still have that christmas magic but on a very much discount value because it was supposed to be the extravaganza that was like two and a half hours, but it's probably going to be the extravaganza that's more like an hour because Christmas is in two days. So that being said, today is technically the first Christmas extravaganza. I'm going to like release these every year, hopefully to like with a much better quality, um, like production value. The plan was kind of like the Halloween episode, I was going to do movies to watch, shows to look at, um, kind of like oddities, um, things to check out. I was going to read some stories. I was going to have some like folk tales. There might have been like some music selections. And now this episode is basically going to boil down to some last minute movies in like, mm, not genres, but like specific subsections, like the Halloween episode, you know, just so you can get like a a couple movies in, you know, movie in tomorrow, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, Boxing Day, if you're feeling it. Or if you're just in the Christmassy mood, you can uh, put those on. But yeah, so I will be discussing a bunch of Christmas films and specials. Um, Like I said, they fall into a variety of categories, so get cozy or get your last-minute wrapping supplies ready or whatever you're doing, really, while you're listening to this, uh, because here we go. So to start, I thought I would kind of talk about um, some scary ones, but last time, like for the Halloween episode, I talked about kid-friendly films. Um, That way they, they could listen to it. Um, but if they want to listen to the whole thing, I mean, they're going to be in there. So I, you know, do a little 
little switcheroo, I'm going to do the scary ones first. And then I'm going to jump backwards, kind of, not really, for the kids. And I've got lots and lots and lots of Christmas ones uh, for the kiddos. Um, and I guess just a little play-by-play. -play. I got scary. I got for the kids. I got uh, the wholesome slash film snob. That's a fun uh, cross-selection there. And then I have retro slash oddities. I have some underrated, some TV specials, uh, Christmas movies that um, I guess aren't Christmas movies. Or if you're going to want the short form, I guess alternative Christmas. And then uh, to end it, I think I've got, uh, they're not at all Christmas movies, but when I think of them or when I'm watching them, I can't help but always think of Christmas when I'm thinking about them category of movies. Very long-winded, but there we are. So I'm just going to jump right in here with Scary Movies, Canadian Christmas classic here, Black Christmas. Um, Black Christmas, believe it or not. Oh, and just let me let me tell you here. I am so terribly uninformed for these. All I have is just what's ever in the noggin, unfortunately. Uh, I had some info. It was on the phone. It was ready to go. I was stupid. Didn't put in notes. Didn't save it. It's all gone. It's all gone. Uh, for future, Google Docs probably works great. Writing it down on pen and paper like I usually do works great. Throwing it up on the computer right now while I'm recording this could be done. It's probably not going to happen. So let's just keep rolling here. Black Christmas believe this is 77 or 78 it's probably wrong but it did come before halloween which is another seasonal um, slasher this is pretty much the proto slasher um it's directed by the same guy apparently who did uh, a christmas story which is a film i loathe unconditionally my ex used to love that film and i don't think i ever watched it with her um uh, thank god um, that's one of those ones where people are like, you love it, you'll love it. You just gotta watch it. It's bad for like most of it, but it's got a charm. It's no, it's garbage. It's like watching Hook or something. Like you had to grow up with it. Actually, that's not even true. I watched it as a kid. Terrible. I fucking hate that movie. Sorry about the swearing. It's just, a, ugh, it's so bad. Black Christmas though. Fantastic. Okay, so a couple things right off the bat. Atmospheric as, as like, it's like a perfect blend of like Christmas and like horror and it, and it's 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 mm, it's got like this charm it's like this not low rent but it's like almost like a uh it's like a a very much aspiring to be a film b film kind of quality i don't know how to really put my finger on it it's just it's so charming and the voice on the phone i don't know who it is like the actor a creepy it is, it's not terrifying, but it, it is so like chills in your bone kind of sound. It's like this, this man's voice is just, oh, Margot Kidder. Great. Rest in peace. Margot Kidder. Did she die? I think she died. Ah, oh, yeah. That's really sad. I don't mean it like, oh, it's sad. I mean, like, I think it happened a while ago, but she was, she was a, a talent. She was really great. And, um, yeah, it's Canadian. If you're like me, Anything you can get your hands on that's like a Canadian film that <laughs> not like low grade independent because if you're Canadian, you know, there's a butt ton of those, but like a Canadian film that has like stood the test of uh, test of time or is like a, a specific genre. They're great. Um, but yeah, definitely check that out. That is the proto slasher. It is the Christmas film. There is a remake. Um, I think I've seen it maybe once. It's all right. Um, 
but this is one where I would definitely recommend the original. And usually I'm like a very much like the remake has its own qualities kind of person, not Black Christmas. It's just like a hollow shell really of what the original is, which is, I mean, it's good because then it'll drives people to see the original and that's really what it's about. Um, but yeah, Canadian Christmas horror classic, go check out Black Christmas. Um, not so much a Christmas classic so much as a uh, cult film. I wouldn't even say it's a classic, but this is Jack Frost. I actually just bought, no, oh, and this isn't like the um, I Miss Dad, Kooky, Michael Keaton. Uh, oh, was it Michael Keaton? Or was it Kevin Costner? Oh, no. Oh, no. I think it's Michael Keaton. Oh, I feel bad for not remembering that. It's Michael Keaton. I think it is. Okay, it might not be. It's not that one. This isn't the movie I'm talking about where, like, the jazz-playing dad who dies becomes a snowman and the mom falls in love with the snowman. It's a just a weird concept when you say it out loud. No, this is the also a snowman, uh, but the snowman film with the fangs and who kills people. I just bought this um, two years ago, three years ago, from Vinegar Syndrome. Oh, I got, like, the... Um, Oh, what was it like the black friday like sale so it has like the lenticular is it lenticular or venticular holographic for us pokemon kids it's that case and like the snowman's mouth open and closes and stuff really good check you can check that out on my instagram because i think that's the only place i have a anything of that still this is really weird because like on one on one level you can be like yeah this movie is atrocious it is just a travesty but then on the other one, if you're having fun with it, it's pure joy, pure joy. It's not like the kills are like terrifying. It's more akin to like, um, like a child's play or like a leprechaun where it's more gimmicky, but it's still kind of like spooky, I guess. I don't know. It's fun. It's a fun, scary movie. It's not like a scary, scary movie. Like Black Christmas is more of a scary, scary movie where its intentions are to scare you and Jack Frost is more of a an ex exploitation horror film, so it's not really going to scare you so much. Um, this next one here, definitely check this one out. If you're going to check out any of the scary films, check this out. It's called Rare Exports. It is a, you know, I feel like I'll be doing a disservice if I don't check this up. I was going to say it's Danish, but it might be Norwegian. So let me just quick. Put this in the old computer machine. Rare exports. Ba -da -boo. It's from 2010. It is classified as fantasy action. Oh no. Oh, it is. Is it? I think it says it's Finnish, but it was released in Denmark first. What is this? This is a whole cluster of things this is odd so it, it i think it is finnish yeah so it's classified as a finnish film it premiered in denmark but it's a co-production between finland norway france and sweden um huh so this is kind of an odd one um i've seen this only once i wish i watched it again before talking about it because i'm not like incredibly clear on what it is okay so let me just read the quick little google synopsis 
a young boy named Pietari, sorry, I don't know, and his friend Juso uh, think a secret mountain drilling project uh, near their home in northern Finland has uncovered the tomb of Santa Claus. Oddly, he's dead, apparently. However, this is a monstrous, evil Santa Claus, much unlike the cheery Saint Nick of legend. When Pietari's father captures a fair old man, in his wolf trap, the man may hold the key to why the reindeer are being slaughtered and the children are disappearing um, without... I hope this isn't a spoiler. I really hope this isn't a spoiler because this is all I kind of remember. It's like the film is... I think it's... The concept is something like they're capturing... This company is capturing a bunch of like wild Santa Claus-like or maybe they are Santa Clauses. And they like ship them around to do like Santa Claus's bidding, you know, like he gets around the world and then this package gets, does it get lost? Oh God. I don't know. This film though, well worth your time. I know it's, um, it is foreign. Uh, that's sometimes a turnoff for people, but even if it doesn't scare you, I just remember this movie really creeping me out. I saw this, I think maybe either in grade 12 or first, first or second year university, because it came out in 2010, and uh, yeah, I mean, I only saw it once, and usually with me, if I see a movie, I can at least remember a lot of it, but this one I don't, which isn't a good sign, but I do remember enjoying it, which is something I don't usually remember, I usually just remember parts about the movie, check this one out, uh, I remember there used to be a really cool Blu-ray release of this, if you're into that, and it like had, it was either like a book, like one of those book um, cases, or it looked more like the crate that the Santa Claus was like shipped in. Check it out. I don't know if it's on Canadian Netflix. It is on American Netflix, which is why I'm thinking I probably saw it in university using like a VPN or something. Um, but I mean, you could probably find it through illegal means. You could probably find it on iTunes, Amazon. If I'm, I'm guessing about Amazon, but iTunes definitely will have this. Even if you just want to rent it, um, check this one out. This is the one where I'm like, check this one out. Black Christmas and this of my horror ones. Check them out. It doesn't have to be this year. Just keep it in the your back pocket of your brain. Watch it next year. Um, and then I'm just gonna cheat a little bit here. I'm gonna, gonna pull this up on the computer because my notes aren't incredibly great uh, unfortunately just for this entry uh, Santa Claus is that what it's called oh okay so if whether you're watching because I just had tales from the crypt so if you're watching the old um, Hammer film, the anthology, this is the first one, and this is that's probably the best version you're going to see. I read this as the EC comic um, in a university class. This is the first time I, that was the first time I saw this story. Um, but I highly recommend you watch uh, this version. It's it's not a whole movie. It's a part. It's like a story. So in the anthology, it's one of the four stories. Uh, and then, or you can watch Tales from the Crypt, the old 90s TV series, and that's also in there. I, from what I can see here, the story is called uh, uh, an, an, oh, it's called An All Through the House. Um, 
but yeah, the 70s version by, um, oh no, it's not Hammer. It's Amicus. It's Amicus? I think it's Amicus. Can I say Amicus again? I think it's an Amicus film. Check it out. That is great. Uh, the Tales from the Crypt on the show was also pretty good. It's uh, a little bit more modern, which makes it easier uh, to watch for some people. Basically, though, um, without giving too much away, I don't want to spoil any of these, but this this smoke show mom gets rid of her, um, basically, like, her old husband. Um, she kills him on Christmas... It's, I think it's Christmas Eve. Kills him and then, like, disposes of the, the evidence. And then on the radio, you hear that an escaped mental... Um, patient has escaped uh i guess that's what an escaped mental patient would do and he's wearing a santa claus outfit and it's in the area and so it's just her and her daughter in this house and so she is paranoid now of the killer she's paranoid now of the cops and she wants to keep her daughter safe and she doesn't want anything to happen she's just she made this decision she didn't plan on this guy coming and is he going to come to the house? Is he going to not come to the house? Is he going to get in the house? Is the daughter going to find anything? You know, it's, it's one of those suspenseful stories. And then at the end, it's um, it's not really a mind trick. It's good, though. Watch that. It's not too long. If you Even if you just watch that first part of the movie, I think the scene is 20-ish minutes, maybe? It's... That's a good one. That's a good one. And then the very classic um, Gremlins. Uh, I know this is usually a holiday staple in my house. It's it's one of those where it could have definitely been in a uh, alternative Christmas, but to me, it's very much a Christmas movie, start to finish. It's Christmas, like you know, with Die Hard. It's like, oh, it's kind of Christmas time, and there's a couple Christmas things sprinkled in there, but not once is Christmas ever really brought up. Gremlins. It's like Christmas constantly it's all about like for christmas we need this or like the ladies like christmas is coming up can you help us with the bank or i gotta save up because christmas or the girls like this is why i don't like christmas christmas is so much ingrained in that film that you almost even forget that it's like a horror movie it's really just kind of like a, a more adult christmas movie i guess that's a fun one it's got uh joe dante directing who i like he's kind of like an underrated of like the two Spielberg like apostles, I guess, like Toby Hooper and Joe Dante. Joe Dante is far better. Uh, anything that him and Spielberg kind of like, like, touched their toes and toes in together was fantastic. And Gremlins is like, probably, like I don't want to say it's like his like Citizen Kane, but it's probably his best film. That's a it's a solid film through and through, and if you can honestly watch that film with not falling in love with Gizmo, like bye bye woof woof. If you can like see that in his little his little nose, sorry, it's this terrible radio. I'm like I'm like describing it with my hands while talking into the mic. Oh my god, I melt. My hands and feet are like squirming. Like you know when you just want to like snuggle a dog into like oblivion because it's so adorable. It's like that watching Gizmo, Gremlins too. Gizmo not quite as cute. Gremlins 1? Did I say Gizmo 2? Sorry. Anyways, he's just adorable. And it's so Christmassy. It's it's not scary so much as it's kind of like 
um, got like uh, uneasy kind of scenes. There's only like one part where I'm like, that's messed up. And that's, that's right as soon as the gremlins enter the scene, basically. So yeah, check that out. Check those out. I wish I had a few more. Uh, I wish I could go into more detail with these things, but uh, time is ticking. Uh, so going into the kids. For the kids is what my little uh, genre is. So right off the hop, anything Rankin Bass, that, those are the people, it's a company. If you know film, you'll know Rankin Bass. Any Rankin Bass film uh, was always my favorite. So that's like Rudolph, Santa's Coming to Town, Little Drummer Boy. Um, also, like those are all stop motion and like Rudolph and Little Drummer Boy are like staples usually on like CT, uh, not CTV, on CBC and YTV for like um, Canadians and Ontarians. Uh, those were always on, uh, but also too, they did Frosty the Snowman, like the animated, just like standard, uh, animation. They did those also. So yeah, Rudolph, fantastic film. It's a little dated with some of the stuff, you know, like men have to work and women got to stay inside and this guy's different. So we're going to be pieces of shit to him. Um, but Santa's coming to town. I love that one. That one is kind of like the, of the three, is like the little, it's a little more underrated. And that's the one where it's like, um, it's the origins of Santa Claus. So like Chris um, is his name, and he's raised by the Kringles, which are like little elves. And he just, he's just the nicest guy in the world because he's raised by elves. If he was raised by people, as you find out in the film, he would have been like a corrupt, cranky meister, I guess. I think meister is in that film. That's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, that's got uh, the Winter Warlock. Is it the Winter Warlock? Yeah. But that's not the um, uh, Mr. Snow, that, whatever that is. I think that's Santa's. Oh, that is that Santa's coming to town? Or is that the year without a Santa Claus? Oh, no. Maybe I made a mistake here. The year with... I went to university, so I type really fast. <laughs> As you can tell, like typing out one key at a time here. The year without a Santa Claus. Oh my good Lord. Yeah, so a year without a Santa Claus is the one with like, um, I'm Mr. Snow and all that. I never really, it's the sequel, I think, but I never really cared for it. Um, but this one, uh, Santa's coming to town cream of the crop it's top tier check that one out if you're and they're not long like rudolph santa's come to town little drummer boy i think they're like 15 20 minutes maybe a half hour tops very very affordable time wise to watch little drummer boy is a classic it's a little more steeped in the religious aspect aspects of christmas but it's heartfelt it's touching and the stop motion I think Santa's Coming to Town is probably the best for stop motion, aside from like Rudolph's Yukon, Cornelius, and the Bumble. But Little Drummer Boy is very ambitious. Um, definitely check that one out. And I think if you were going to watch them on YouTube, they're always almost sandwiched together. If you buy them on Blu-ray, they're all included. Check those out. Frosty the Snowman is a classic. Uh, Frosty Returns, I think, is the sequel. That's the one I used to have on VHS. Both of them are great. Um, 
but Frosty the Snowman is so heartfelt. He's just like a such a good. I would even argue Frosty in these cartoons is like a better guy, like a better human. Well, he's better personality and like just a more caring and selfless person than Santa. Even like I've seen this cartoon, I don't know, 60, 70 times since I was like six years old, five or six. I still get a little, I don't cry, but I get like a little teary eyed just watching the end of Frosty the Snowman, the first one. It's just a, it's a good one. And then these next two, um, I think, sorry, Frosty the Snowman. I think that's like even shorter than the Rudolph ones. It's probably, I think it is a little shorter, but these next two that I'm going to suggest here, they're also childhood staples of mine. So you could definitely find newer and better stuff now for the kids. Um, but these are just classics. They're good. They're heartfelt. And, uh, they're just stories that like, it's good to like have your kids watch older animations. So they have appreciation for stuff when they get older. Um, so this one is Mickey's Christmas Carol. Now, if you are going to try and find this like on a physical copy, you can get a Blu-ray. I think I actually got it last year as a gift. I really should pop that on. Um, but when I, I used to have it on a VHS even, I, I think I ran that thing until I was like, you know, and it's not working properly. Um, but you can get this because I have this also, I have it on every media. Basically it was on a DVD for the old show. Do you remember, um, uh, what is it? Mickey's house of mouse, or maybe it just was called house of mouse. So house of mouse was like this like club for all the Disney characters, I guess, in the show. And for the show, they show old Mickey cartoons, like as if he wasn't egotistical enough. So he just shows this. Um, so it has, it includes Mickey's Christmas Carol. Uh, it might include that other Mickey short. Maybe not. There's another one. There's another Mickey cartoon where um, um, Goofy and Max are trying to work something out, I think. And then like Huey, Dewey, and Louie. They all wish for Christmas every day, and then they're basically going insane because it's it's Groundhog Day, right? It's every day is the exact same. And then there's one that's like super touching, where like Mickey and Minnie are broke as hell, and I think like Mickey has a harmonica and Minnie has pearls. And uh, how does that go? Oh yeah, it's that classic story. So like he needs he wants to get her a little pendant for her necklace and she wants to get him a case for the harmonica and for both of them to get the either they have to sell their prized possession their like only thing that they love so that they can get the person they love something more and they both do it so she gets a pendant she can't put on anything and he gets a case for the harmonica he doesn't have and then it's just really sad they just realize that they just they care so much about each other that that's what they were willing to do that's not what we're talking about. Mickey's Christmas Carol. Cream. Cream of the crop. Just perfect. Perfect. It's got that guy, uh, Billy the Giant. Is it Billy? He is like the ghost of Christmas. How does it go? Is it past, past, present, future? So I think he's the ghost of the past. And he's like the one that's Mustachios, Mustachios, instead of pistachios. It gets me every time still. He is like one of like my favorite, other than Jiminy, he's like one of my favorite like characters um, and you'll never see anything for him ever. He's <laughs> never going to be featured in another movie ever again. Great. Um, it's got like Mickey and his family are the, uh, I actually, what are they? Hatchet? Is it Hatchet? 
Yeah, I think so. Something like that. The, you know, the one who works under Ebenezer. And Ebenezer Scrooge is... Um, is it McDuck? Um, Mickey's... Because there's two, right? There's like the one from DuckTales, and then there's like the inventor... The inventor uh, uncle of like Donald's. Uh, what do we got here? Who is... Who is that? Oh my god, the internet just ripping me open here. Um... Okay, so it is. Yeah, it's from DuckTales. It's Scrooge McDuck. Um, which would make sense, Tyler, because his name is Ebenezer Scrooge. So I don't know if he was actually invented for this film. Um, but I think this is kind of like a newer, yeah. So this one came out in 83, but what's great about this one is it has all the classic um, character designs um, from like the older, like 50s um, Mickey cartoons. And also has like a lot of classic um, voice actors from these things. Uh, so you've got like a whole slew of characters. You've got like the, the, the mole and the mouse from Mr. Toad, you know? Oh, I never thought I'd see them again. Well, Disney just shoehorned them in. Uh, they're in there, uh, and they play a pretty important role, I suppose. Um, so you have those. Um, Don, uh, Donald is the nephew, which makes sense, of Scrooge McDuck, um, which is, again, is a real character in The Christmas Carol. In The Christmas Carol. And what else? Oh, Goofy is... Oh, what is his name? It's actually going to bug me here. I hate when I like pull the stuff up and then oh cratch it not hatch it my gosh so goofy is Marley which is kind of a cool design actually like if you were to go in like the haunted mansion at Christmas time I know it's set up to be nightmare before Christmas but they should totally have like a goofy as uh, Jacob Marley he's got like all like the chains and the clocks on him and stuff it would be perfect uh, goes to Christmas past oh that's Jiminy yeah, so already, right off the hop, this is a good one for me. It's got Jiminy and Billy or whatever his name. Um, so he must be... Oh, it's Willie. My God, Tyler, get it right. He's the ghost of Christmas present. Perfect. This is great. Um, and the music in it is very catchy. They have, like, the theme song and... It's the theme song for the film. Oh, and then there's, like, the scene, I think, from Christmas Past where Scrooge is dancing. Um yeah it's it's a good one i i would watch this sometimes like two times at christmas very very good um and it's not long either if i remember right oh and it's just got a bunch of people it's got chip and dale gus goose uh, uh lady clock big bad wolf three little pigs uh lots 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 it's not long what are we at here Running time. Oh, it is actually long. It's not like long, long, but it uh, it's sixty minutes apparently. So it's one hour on the dot. Also, too, jumping jumping back a little bit. Um, if you were to get that house a mouse, it also has a bunch of like classic, not just Christmas, but winter Christmas, uh, Christmas. What is Christmas? Mickey Christmas uh, shorts, like you know, little cartoons. There's a bunch of them, and I think they're from the 40s to might be in the 70s. I don't know when the last Mickey cartoon was, but yeah. 
uh, definitely check that out. And I can't imagine the DVD is expensive, or it might be actually. It might be like because people want it, it might be like a hundred dollars. But I can't see it being any more than like ten bucks, brand new on Amazon, because uh, it's DVD. So check out Mickey's Christmas Carol. Very easy to come by. Again, with almost all of these, I'm pretty sure you can rent these on iTunes or buy them if you want, or maybe find some of these on Netflix. You can rent them on Amazon, or I don't know, I'm not suggesting anything illegal, but I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, and this last one is kind of important because not enough people watch this. Now, this one needs to be um, flagged for parents listening to this or for kiddos. Some of the stuff in this is um, dated, for lack of better words. Um, there's some sort of racial, race, Racially, yeah, that's probably racially suggestive. Um, um, I guess images or uh, yeah, images. I don't think anything really blatantly said. No, maybe maybe some of the voice acting is a little stereotypical. There, okay, so I'll just say there's like some black um, kids from varying countries like Africa or the Caribbean, and they're driven. They're Tron stereotypical blackface like black is asphalt with like the big very racist pink lips and stuff um, but that's not to say some of the other things aren't racist either like they have white people that are drawn incredibly racist too not saying that either are correct but I'm just saying it's not acceptable really but just look at it that it's a thing from the past um, it's not like they're doing anything mean. They're not saying that like the black kid is worse at anything than the white kid and the white kid It's it's all it's just making them very stereotypical so that you know where these people are from like the Dutch people They've got like these massive clogs on They're They're a little thicker a little slower and they talk with a very stereotypical Dutch accent It's the same with all of them. They have like the Russian kid. Oh, and they have uh, Asian kids I don't know if he's from China or Japan, but they're all very over the top so keep that in mind. Uh, but that's just one thing. And it's a very charming cartoon. If you just kind of look past that, just kind of, you know, smile and think, wow, it's very dated. But it's still, it. nothing is like over the top. It's not like the white kids don't like the black kids. It's not like they don't get along. They're just kids. It's just without beating this horse anymore. It's just not acceptable. But I think this was done in like the late 30s or the early 40s. So, you know, just take it with a grain of salt. And um, also, too, this isn't a warning so much um, about, like, race. Um, but there is one segment, even though it's beautifully drawn and I love the message, it did creep me out a little bit when I was a kid. So if your kids are really young, like, between the age of four and maybe, like, seven, I wouldn't recommend... Well, I would sit with them because, like, why not, right? It's Christmas cartoons. They're old, and you can get a you can get something out of it. There's one in this, right? I should even say what this is. So this is the Max Fleischer Fleischer uh, Christmas. So that's Max F I L E I S C H E R Christmas. Now there's a bunch of compilations of this. You can get one on DVD that includes a couple extra things that aren't his, or you can find it on YouTube, which has most but not all and then a couple extra things which are different and i had it on vhs and it was probably like it's probably my most odd slash retro 
VHS tape I have is it is a compilation, just a cluster of things that it also has some like live action stuff, which is really weird. It's it's like Santa like sitting in a chair while talking while like doing this like music box and it's like staticky cheap shit film. Sorry for swearing. And it just so like because of the colors are so vibrant on the cartoon and then it goes to almost like this like sun sun bleached film stock at Oh, I just remember it being so weird, but I couldn't get enough of it as a kid. I'd watch it and watch and watch it, even like August, September, like just watching it constantly. So the main films I remember from the Max the Max Fleischer, Fleischer cartoon Christmas, or I think it's just called Christmas, is um, there's a Rudolph, there's a Jack Frost, there's a, an Orphans one, which is once you hear that song it's gonna be in your head it's been in my head since i was like six it's never gonna leave it's like christmas comes out once a year once a year once a year christmas comes out once a year la, 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 la. it just repeats the, the whole cartoon but it's weird because you don't get sick of it i don't know if that's like a nostalgia thing or if it's just because it's a little earworm that one's adorable that's like this a bunch of orphans they have nobody like nobody's even in the orphanage and this old guy comes in skinny guy with bald with a beard he sees them all crying because no one gave him anything on christmas no one's there for them on christmas and he takes all the stuff from around the house and he makes them into toys and he like he dresses up as santa claus it's it's heartwarming it's a good one so there's that and then there's the one with the kids that i was talking about at the beginning i don't really remember what that one's about but i think it's that they go to the north pole to find santa claus and i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure there's one more cartoon that's a good one it's a little different but it's worth seeing um yeah so check that out um that's a good one um even if you just watch a couple of the cartoons if you like if you're watching a movie let's say you're doing like a little movie marathon and you're popping on the family man oh is that on my list uh, it sure is all right so we'll talk about that later okay so let's say you're popping on home alone which is definitely not a movie i have on here or elf and uh you want to watch two or three movies through the day and you've got a little playlist going throw on any of these like the any of the rankin bass things frosty maybe not mickey's christmas carol you could watch it definitely but like any of these little cartoons um and if you're going exploring, I'm sure like Warner Brothers has some cartoons. I'm sure there's cartoons. They're all great. Or little old um, tidbits. Little Oh, yeah. There was a film that I was going to put on, not for the kids. It definitely would have went in like film snob slash like maybe oddities. Oh, I'll have to see if I can find that. That'd be really cool. There's a... The, apparently... Sorry, this is a little a little uh, sidebar here apparently there is like two silent films like old like 18 and maybe they're 1902 i think were they 1902 or 1912 they're old um i'd never heard of these they were never brought up they never came up any searches but then i was looking up one thing and i found these there's one that's kind of like a commercial basically it's like a big ad for i think like macy's or something like that so i didn't look at that but then there's another one and it's a full story and it's about um, santa claus or somebody dressed up as santa claus 
Oh, I'll have to add that in somewhere if I can find it. Oh, yeah, that was kind of a cool one. Okay, so this next subject, uh, wholesome films slash film snob. These are all old-ish films. They're either black and white or they're not explicitly uh, Christmas or for everybody. Um, they might be a little, a bit of a, what we call a slow burn, They're also known as boring, um, but great story altogether. I'm sure you can hear my dog barking. She is literally an old dog. Huh? So if a shadow of a leaf falls in front of the window, she starts barking like crazy. And yep, so, oh, nope, someone's here. So that means I'm going to have to stop recording because uh, that's just how life is. So I'll have to jump back in on this in a little, ugh, hopefully soon. Sorry, everybody. Maybe I'll cut this out. Probably won't. Uh, talk to you in a bit. Okay, so I got a little bit of time, so we're gonna try and slide uh, slide some more in here uh, before I am rudely interrupted again. Just in case you guys don't know, I, I get the switch pretty quick, but uh, I have definitely been interrupted like three or four times. It's ridiculous. It's like I could be dead up here recording, like dead, or no, not even recording. I could be dead like watching TV. I could be dead up here for like a day. No one would come up. But as soon as I finally start recording, something always seems to come up or like people want to shoot the shit. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck? Every single time it's like up here, no one says anything. I turn on the recorder or I start writing down something. Then it's like, hey, let's shoot the shit with you. Why are your doors closed? What are you doing up here? What are you doing today? Hey, I have a plan. Uh, I have stuff for us to do. Or, hey, we're going to go do this. I could have told you any other time. Could have shot you a text. But now I'm in here while you're in here. Oh, are you doing something? Oh, that's really weird. Anyways, I just it's like, what the fuck? Or like I'm start recording and we don't get anybody at our door and all of a sudden someone's at our door and not only do these people need to be let in or talked to, the dog is like blah, 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 blah. And it just all through, oh my God, like what the hell? Every single time. It's like I can't afford to have like good audio blocking like or any kind of tech. All I have literally is a mic and a pre-mixer and audacity. Like I don't even have a real mixer. This is like a USB mic. Everything's just on pen and paper. There's no filter. I'm like broke as hell doing this. So it's all just like based on timing and me editing, which takes forever. So then when they pop in, it's just like, oh, were you in like the middle of your train of thought? Or did I just like ruin like your crucial part of your thing? Oh, sorry about that. Oh my God. This is definitely what you guys want to hear. But you know what? It's my podcast. So I'm just going to keep it in here. So just going to deal with that. What were we talking about? Right wholesome slash film snob so these are old movies most of them are black and white but some are color like i said slow burn um but these are kind of essentials um whether you watch them to like tomorrow or you watch them next year just watch these at least once in your life um hopefully the age doesn't make a difference but these are like wholesome films that like have a really good message and you're really going to get something out of them all except one i'm like i'm looking at the list right now and one of these films is not well, it has a good message, but it is, I just watched it recently. It is not as good as I remember watching it as a kid. I don't know if it was because the first time I saw it, but it was so boring and so dated. The only good part about it was, well, the sisters and Danny Kay. And of course I'm talking about White Christmas. So this wasn't the first on my list, but let's just get it out of the way because we're talking about it now. It is so drawn out. Oh my God. But this, the sound, 
and the color are spectacular. The dance numbers are great. Um, but some of the songs you don't need. There's one song <laughs> where they're singing, they're like, snow, snow. And even the girls are hitting those like low baritone, like snow. I, I, it took, I watched it with the girlfriend's family. It took everything out of me to not start pissing myself laughing. If I had been remotely intoxicated, I, I don't know what I would have done. I would have been, I was almost, I was like holding back tears. I was, I was trying not to laugh so hard. But the message is great. It's it's respect. It's helping those in need. It's um, basically a family comes first kind of scenario, and it's it's good. And it's a good change of pace, especially if you've just been watching like Elf, Family Vacation, which is great, um, or Home Alone, like on repeat, or The Grinch or something. Um, it's good just to like mix this up. Like, hey, this is something else. There's a lot worse. There's a lot worse. Um, but the real first one I was going to put on is It's a Wonderful Life, um, Frank Capra's masterpiece. Now, I love, 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 love Jimmy Stewart. Um, his voice, his charisma, his, his like mannerisms, great. Um, but this film, I watched it. I think I'm so in love with this film because I watched it in a time where I needed to watch this film, if that makes any sense. It's just kind of like a dark time in my life. And I put this on. It was on, and I'd always been meaning to watch it, but I never got around to it. Um, especially because, like that, a couple parts are in the Killer song, uh, "Boots." It's it's phenomenal, and it's not a up to, like it's not an uppity chipper Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. It's not like a high. It's not. A, it's literally this guy who just he has what he loves in life. He um, is barely making ends meet, and. He's just trying to do whatever he can, you know, like a standard family man, just doing whatever. And then there's, a, he, he loses it and he loses it. And, and it's, he basically blames himself. Right. And he, he's like, well, now I can't support the family. I'm not going to have a job. I'm a failure child. I'm, no one's going to like me. Everyone's going to be mad at me. Like I've let everybody down and I've lost everything. And he goes to kill himself like already like it's not it's not the most Christmassy tale to to say the least and he's stopped by an angel and the angel basically shows him what life would be like without him and I can't it's probably one of the most wholesome movies ever not just Christmas wholesome it's just the message is is it it's like you're always I don't know I, I can't it's like you're surrounded by love everybody loves you it could be so much worse like just be thankful for what you have there's so many messages and it's it's just and it's so modern you can watch it now nothing feels like obviously it's historic right but it doesn't feel dated it's kind of like watching Casablanca the story is just like one after another hitting all the beats it's beautiful it's perfect you're never bored and it's just yeah. I'm, I, I'm a complete lack of words it's it's I would say it's a perfect movie it's not like my perfect movie but it is it is a perfect film it's it's beautiful and it's fantastic and it's heartfelt um, and another movie kind of like this is is miracle on 34th uh, 34th Street uh, I watched this weirdly enough we watched this on uh, the cruise ship uh, my family went on a cruise two years ago two years ago for new year's so just after 
was it just after Christmas? We anyway, so we're on this. Ryan and I, Ryan, my brother, doesn't drink. I had some drinks, um, but there's no one on there. That's the problem with the cruise. Unless you're going like friends and family. If you're, we were on an old people boat, so there was maybe like 20 kids our age. And if you're not meeting up with them or talking to them, then nothing's happening. So we went back. It might have actually been like New Year's. We got back around like midnight. We threw something on. Where I was like laying in my dress clothes on the bed, and this was on. And uh, it is just a wonderful film. It is is not dated. It's got a lot of um, wholesome messages, and also too like the guy who plays Santa Claus. A could be the real Santa. B is probably the real Santa and see his viewpoints on things were incredibly modern by like today's standards, like incredibly modern, um, like free speech. And how are you to decide what's good for this person or good for that person? Like stay out of it. And it's like, there was no like women are in the kitchen or any of that stuff. You know, like sometimes you'll get into like a movie, like white Christmas had that at the beginning when I was watching white Christmas, like Danny K or Danny Kay's like, well, why don't you uh, get one of these like showgirls? And Bing Crosby is like, no, like she's a working independent woman. She doesn't want to do that. And I was like, wow, this movie's very forward. Next scene. How would you feel about like giving that up and settling down? It was like, uh, you know, it's one of those, but it's the time, right? This this movie didn't have that, and it was focused on the kids. It was focused on Christmas. There's a colorized version, apparently. I think that's the one we watched. It's not a bad job. I'm usually against that, like black and white films being colorized. I've seen King Kong, and I've seen this, and I think I've seen one more. I can't remember what the other one was. And they're not always great. A lot of them look bad. It's a painstaking process to do too. So sometimes it, a little error is very noticeable because it's just like, if there's one slip up. This guy's been hand painting all these cells. Check that one out. Uh, there's a new DVD, uh, DVD, uh, Blu-ray that was just released 75th, 70, 70th anniversary. It's not like full restoration but it's probably the best best version you can find right now but i mean you could probably find this film if you just watch it like normal um on youtube even you could probably watch it um it's fantastic it's uh basically the story is proving that santa claus is real um yeah it's good it's really good um so this next one is probably the saddest film I've ever seen in my life. I didn't even end up getting to finish it because I, I was really having a tough time uh, watching it. I had some notes, but of course this book, like everything in this podcast right now, is not cooperating. Um, but basically, right off the hop, um, even just around like 10 minute mark in, that, in this movie, Make Way for Tomorrow, uh, which was released by Criterion. I don't know if I have it. I think I do. But with most Criterions, I buy them. <laughs> I've never even seen them, let alone I don't watch them after. Um, but I did see this. It was on TCM. So yeah, like right around 10 minutes. Um, you've, you're, already, you're already feeling like super Christmassy. It's a very Christmas atmosphere. Just like the way the household is working around and talking. It's like you're basically sitting there with them. You feel like you're part of this Christmas celebration. Um, oh yeah, so like... I guess charisma would be the word for that. So you're feeling the Christmas feeling. You're feeling the family charisma. Um, but uh, more importantly, 
uh, what you're feeling already within this first mm, eight to 15 minutes uh, is, is um, it's just the pure vibe. It's just this, <laughs> it's almost like this instinctive feeling that what you're about to watch is going to be a heartbreaking, emotional gut punch of a film. Um, just within the first 10 minutes, you have these two old parents with these four grown children saying, yeah, uh, it's Christmas and we can't afford our house and we can't afford another house and we don't know what to do. And the kids are go, they went from being all like, ah, like happy, like, oh, this is great to, oh man, uh, you know, like twiddling their thumbs, kicking their feet, stuff like none of them are going to help them. And then it ends up just within the first 10, 15 minutes, these parents that were like, we would just love to be together. That's like family's important. The kids go, well, we can take like one of you, but not both of you. And we can't even take you for as long as you need to be taken. And so these parents, and this is a little bit later. Oh, it was so hard to watch this. They're just doing their thing. Like, can I help with this? Can I help with that? I'm just going to sit over here. Don't mind me. Everything they do, they're not like noticing it, but it's like, instead of the kids adjusting, it's, they just see these parents that have given everything to them as this incredible, as this incredible like burden. Oh my God. I just, it was such a hard, and it's not long. I think it's like an hour 30, hour 40. It's like a normal film. And I got, I don't know, like I'm getting like teary eyed just thinking about it. This is like probably one of the saddest films. I got maybe like 35, 40 minutes into it and I had to stop. It was like, I was like, oh, I'll watch this in the morning for the podcast. I'll write down some notes and I, I couldn't, I couldn't finish it. And I, as much as I want to finish it, I, like, I'm not like emotionally ready to watch that. But from what I've seen without like giving too much away, I didn't see the ending. It is an essential. It is, um, it, like I, like I'm saying, like you probably hear it in my voice a bit, but very emotional but i think sometimes the holidays you need to see that you need to see what's important um especially like if you're not uh, if you're not religious and you don't even celebrate christmas the holidays still bring together this like very warm feeling of togetherness right you see what's important whether you're jewish or muslim or anything really it's just being together right i think the cold really brings that out in people um Oh, wow. Yeah, it's just, it's, you just see what's important. It's not the gifts. It's not the food. It's not uh, money or time off. It's family. Um, and that's, I can't think of a film that says that better. And I, wow. Okay. Okay. So the next one is All That Heaven Allows. This is also a very sad one. Um, it is kind of a Christmas film. It's got, uh, I think his name's Rock Hudson like the rock Hudson, like the, the guy, right? Who, this gay man who was just the heartthrob in every film. Um, it's beautiful, beautiful, early, uh, technicolor. It's kind of a, it's kind of a Christmas film. Um, yeah, it's, well, no, it is. I think it takes place from like spring to winter. And basically from what I remember, I didn't see the whole thing, which is, I know, kind of a sin to talk about it but um it needed to be on the list it's some of the shots in here are just absolutely gorgeous and they're all steeped in winter 
so you got to see it but it's kind of a reverse concept from what i remember it's like uh the woman and the man have this like tension this chemistry you know that you cut with a knife it's very thick but she is much older than him especially for an older film that's a no right it's not like now where like it's anything goes um and it's basically they're torn right because they want to be together but you know social norms and stuff um yeah it's it's beautiful like i wish i could say more because i haven't seen the whole thing i've seen lots of bits and pieces but um just looking at a couple like pictures it's i would say it's very much a christmas film and like i was saying beautiful like if you were to like in some of these scenes if you were to just stop like pause the film and take a picture you could frame it it's art like especially with that color that technicolor i love that technicolor like where everything is like the the crispest version the crispest not christmas the crispest version of the color and there isn't every single color so everything is much more vibrant and stuff stands out uh it's great um but i think this is a longer film just like the last film you can find this on criterion it's actually a huge case it's the biggest case i have uh like width wise um from a criterion oh douglas sirk directed this what else did he do he sounds so familiar douglas sirk i'm gonna see and i'm gonna be like uh right 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 actually no i'm not gonna be like right 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 i can't i don't his name sounds so familiar but what did he do <laughs> what did he do um but yeah check out um actually it's hard for me to recommend it not because even the last one it's hard because they're not like super lighthearted. like you got to be ready to sit down to watch those last two um douglas cirque so he did a lot of german film um, all that heaven allows there's always tomorrow uh, huh. i don't know i don't think i've seen i don't think i've seen anything he's done um but his name seemed familiar all right uh sorry about that um and then i have one more now this one i debated putting on the list not because it's not a great film um but because it's more i guess like a new year's film it's like a winter film but it's not like solely focused on christmas there's like a couple christmas scenes but it's more of a new year's film but i i figured you know it's it's worth seeing um it's great film and it has christmas in it and it also kind of just like it's a wonderful life it is not very uppity it is not um feel good film it's got a good message and it's it's you know like the rest it's very wholehearted and wholesome but excuse me but uh it's sorry the film is called the apartment of billy wilder i believe billy wilder's apartment uh again uh just for those physical media guys out there like myself arrow put out a great great version of this uh i snagged the special edition as i sometimes i'm lucky enough to do a big thick uh box case very very nice um but the film itself the quality ooh, superb like arrow outdid themselves it's it's one that i wanted on criterion for a while but if arrow is getting their hands on it you're just as lucky they're the arrow just ugh, they do a fantastic job um 
But the apartment, though, also dark. It's like this guy is trying to do his best, and he's constantly walked all over. So it's called the apartment because all the higher-ups, all the bigwigs of his company, they know. They can say, hey, bud, fucking beat it for tonight. I'm taking somebody up here that that, that isn't my wife, and, uh, you know, we're going to bump uglies or have fun or party. And then they just leave, and he has to clean it up, and he's doing this so he can, like, rise higher in the company. But it's really not like you'll see it's it really doesn't work it's just they constantly know that he's never going to say no and then there's a girl that he is very much attracted to who is one of those girls that is constantly brought up and it's just basically they're both struggling and i don't think so much they they find each other but they like they have a moment where they i don't know it's a hard one to explain without ruining it um, but you end up feeling so much. I think it's J- Jack Lemon, Jack Lemon, and uh, Shirley MacLaine. Who's in this? I think those are right. Um, but it's good. I watched it last Christmas, and still very clear to me um, everything that happened in that film. It is black and white. Oh, let me just say this. So it's a Wonderful Life, Miracle on Thirty Fourth, Make Way for Tomorrow, and The Apartment all black and white. So if you don't like that, I would suggest that you tough it through uh, and just watch it for the story. But if it's not your thing, then it's not your thing. Uh, There is a colorized version, I believe, of It's a Wonderful Life and of Miracle on 34th Street. Uh, If you can get your hands on those, they might be DVD quality, but at the end of the day, there they are. Um, White Christmas, beautiful color film. And same with uh, All That Heaven Allows. Very, uh, very beautiful. Um, But yeah. The rest of them are, uh, right, so, sorry. Yeah, Jack Lemon and Shirley MacLaine, uh, and it is a Billy Wilder. Wow, Tyler, nailed it. So that's a 1960 film, and did it win the Oscar? Yeah, no, it cleaned up. Best picture, best director, and best screenplay. Like, it is a, I was about to just use some unintelligent uh, words. It is a fantastic film. It's, it's a masterpiece, really. I would say It's a Wonderful Life, Make Way t- for Tomorrow, and The Apartment of all of these are like masterpiece selection, like best films ever list. Um, so yeah, that's I could add it a few more, but I think those are, they, they'll, they'll suffice. Um, and now I have um, some oddities. So if you are a film snob and you're into some of the, the different stuff, um, the first one is Brazil. Uh, I didn't really realize this was a Christmas film, um, but on tons of lists I looked at, they're like, yeah, Brazil, Christmas film. And I was like, really? I never thought of it that way. Um, but I did watch a couple scenes. I didn't want to watch it all over again. It's just a, that's a trip of a movie. Um, but yeah, I guess in a certain way, if you want to look at it, it is a very much a Christmas film a dark twisted one um but one nonetheless there's an article actually um there's a couple there's two so there's one on film school rejects 10 reasons why brazil is a great christmas movie for the rest of us and then there's another one here um it says forget die hard brazil is actually the best christmas alternative movie so i am just gonna 
Wow, there's actually a couple. So I'm not like the first person, obviously, as I said, there's lists and lists, but I didn't realize there's so many articles. Let's just, I'm gonna pop back on a Film School Rejects here for Brazil, let's see what we got here. Oh, they did a whole alt Christmas list. Tyler, Tyler, you should have went on there, stole all their content. Anywho, so. Um, I'm not really seeing anything that's actually a real reason. Um, okay, so reason three. Brazil understands that when you're already feeling down, being surrounded by everyone else's Christmas cheer is actually super depressing, and they're not wrong. I love Christmas because that's like the time where like everything makes you feel warm and great, but if you're not f loving Christmas and like you've got nothing good going on at Christmas, it is like the most depressing holiday, like the most, like Halloween, oh, I'm not invited to a party, I don't have a costume, it's like whatever, right? It's not a big deal, it's not the end of the world. Valentine's Day, I have nobody. That's pretty depressing, but Christmas, it's literally all about being together, family, friends, everything you have. If you don't have like anything, or you do have stuff, but it's not like ideal for you, it is incredibly depressing and then everybody's like smile is christmas yeah i get this so it says here the lady says to him you must have hopes wishes and dreams he's like no nothing not even dreams and he says it with a smile it's it's great um what else have we got on here i might find one more Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, it says uh, Christmas parties always end up being even more awkward than you expect, especially when they're not families. Yep. I'm just seeing some pictures here. This is 100% a Christmas movie. I don't know why I was like, no, I don't. I guess I never really put two and two. Like it was just a like a dystopian film to me, like a alternative dystopian. I never really remembered all the Christmas stuff but there's lots of it wow a lot of Christmas oh wow I think I just broke my computer well if you're still hearing me then I didn't um oh he-man Christmas oh my goodness I picked this up three or four years ago oh 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 my goodness I just I'm not like the biggest he-man fan but the, it's just oozing 80s TV cartoon everything i am a big skeletor fan though and this this one has the uh the two kids that like come into he-man's kind of world and they're off out with skeletor and this is like where you get the classic um like i don't want to be or i don't want to be good i want to be evil you know that uh he's like ah, i don't want to be good i want to be evil you know like skeletor sorry if that was bad but i couldn't do it without the voice it's not the same and uh yeah, it's just great. It has got, um, it's not just He-Man. No, sorry. It is the, um, I think it's He-Man and She-Ra Christmas. So if you're watching that new She-Ra show on Netflix, I haven't. Um, but if you want to get a little Christmassy taste, there it is. There's the OG She-Ra. And it's good. It's good. It's got, they don't celebrate Christmas, obviously. It's some something else. But I think it's like uh, the mom, like, Prince Adam's mom, who's He-Man, is from Earth or something. It's not, it's pretty convoluted. Like, I'm not going to say it's the, it's a perfect Christmas short. Um, 
But yeah, it's got almost every character. Like, I'm not from the 80s. I'm an early 90s born child. Um, so I didn't watch it, but I, I know what it is. Just like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like, I watched it, but I don't know all the characters. But if I had a guess, there's like 30 characters. I would say that covers both good and bad guys. It's got everything on there. It's great. Um, it's fun. It's I wouldn't recommend this if like you're not into that kind of 80s stuff or if you have better things to watch. Um, but it's it's you know it's fun. It's not like a perfect film or anything like that. But it, it it's it's fun and just for Skeletor Skeletor scenes alone, perfect. Um, uh, what else do I got here? Oh, so I have there's I'm a big Muppet guy. I love Muppets. Um, so there's. Otto Otter's Washboard. Oh, that, that's definitely not right. What is it called? Otto Otter's Christmas. It might be like his Jug Band Christmas. I saw it only once. I saw it only once, but it stuck with me. What do we got here? Oh, I think they, uh, the internet's not working. You gotta be kidding me. Okay, so it is called Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. It is not Otto Otter's whatever I said. <laughs> so this is a uh, 1977 uh, special um, by the Henson Company. I think it does have Muppets in there, but the Emmett Otter and stuff, they're not, uh, they're not, uh, real Muppets. I think they might be now, but they, they weren't. I think they were made for this. As far as I know, it was made in the U.S., but it premiered on um, CBC. Yeah, like I think it was it was made in Toronto and for CBC, um, but by an American crew, like all the Jim Henson. So I think CBC actually helped fund this, which is kind of you know I love I love stuff like that. I love when it's like that. Um, but apparently, so this is this is a. It's amazing. And I think when I was a kid, I was like 10 or something, 10 or 12, I watched this and it was the uncut version. But I guess now with like rights and stuff like that, there's the the version that's out now, they've cut a lot of it out. Okay, so it says here, um, so the original special was hosted by Kermit the Frog. However, later releases edited out the frog's narration due to legal issues. While the Jim Henson Company retained ownership of Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas, the company sold the rights to the Muppets, which included Kermit, to the Walt Disney Company in 2004. I find that odd because, like, stuff like Sesame Street that has Muppets in it, they're still allowed to, to keep the Muppets in there, and vice versa, too. Like, anything that has Sesame Street characters or Fraggle Rock characters, as far as I understand, like Muppet Show and stuff, they're allowed to keep them in there because it's like it, it happened long before. I think I thought it was for future use which seems odd, but so anyways, so when it aired on ABC family before it came free form in 2015, they still used the parts with Kermit the frog in it as that channel is still owned by Disney. And thus when they licensed the television rights to the special from the Jim Henson company, they already own the rights to Kermit. That's kind of cool. So I watched this on YTV. So I don't know. Did I, was it YTV? I don't know. It's hard to say, but I don't know. Maybe they had the old version, but this one, uh, this, special um, plot 
Okay, so the story tells of Emmett Otter and his ma, a widow who scrapes by on small amount of money she gets from doing laundry and Emmett gets from doing odd jobs from the ho- uh, around the home in the town of Frogtown Hollow, despite both of them being cheated. Oh, they're both, both of them often being cheated of their money. So I guess uh, for a little extra dough, uh, Emmett turns Ma's wash tub into a wash tub base for a jug band, and uh, they end up singing for some extra money. It's a, it's a it's a good one. I love Jim Hudson. He's always very um, not warm, but it's it's very um, I guess family friendly for lack of a better term. Um, I've said wholesome a lot, but yeah, it's it's. It's not dull. Like, I mean, both kids and, and adults can watch this alike and probably get, take away the same thing from it. And it's puppets, and it's Jim Henson, so... I mean, if you're into that, it's it's pretty fun, especially if you can appreciate that kind of stuff. And this isn't long. It's 40 minutes. Um, so, again, it's just a little special. Like, if you're just... If you don't watch a movie and you want to watch a bunch of specials, you want to watch a bunch of specials. This is uh, this is one I would I would put in there. So instead of watching two two hour movies, maybe put in a couple hour to half hour like specials. It's really good, and it's got Jim Henson. He voices a few of the characters. It's got Frank Oz, Jerry Nelson, and that's all. Those are all the names I recognize, unfortunately. Um, but also too, if it's not a rarity, uh, but if you like Muppets, uh, Muppets Christmas Carol is a pretty good one too. Uh, oh, actually, I have another one. I have another Muppet Muppet one. It's called Muppet Family Christmas. This is cool. This is legit the OG Muppets. You can find this on YouTube. I was going to put it on the other night. Um, I wish I could talk about it. I really don't remember anything about it. I just knew that it was real and that I enjoyed it. And I had every intention of watching it, but I didn't. Um, but it's not long either. That one is also like 45 minutes, maybe, maybe half hour. And it's on YouTube. You can find that one. And that's got everybody. And I would assume because it's older, <laughs> excuse me, it's older. I think it's from 78 or 84 or something along those lines. So it probably has all the original, uh, cast for each Muppet on there too. So that should be, that should be good. Uh, and this one, I'm actually going to quick look this up because I remember watching this, but I've, I've never been able to find it again. It's called Little One. I'm pretty sure it's called Little One. Uh, I saw it just, oh, no, it's not. It's called The Small One, so that's probably why I couldn't find it. It is a short animated film, and it's about uh, 1978. It's Don Bluth who did this. So Don Bluth, you know, from uh, Dragon's Lair or Space Ace, he also did like The Secret of Nim and American Tale and all those. He used to work for Disney. I, he might have done Black Cauldron too. He's got a very distinct animation style. It's not very Disney. Um, it's like Disney 70s, 80s. Like I think he did Robin Hood, you know, the one with the fox. It's not like classic Disney animation. And it's when he left, that's basically when you start rolling into Disney Renaissance. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of his animation, but this film, I remember just being very, um, heartfelt, I guess. I only saw it once and it still like parts of it is very sad, you know, in classic Disney fashion, it just strikes right to your core. Okay. So this is what it says. The small one, 1978, the story tells of a young boy outside Nazareth 
who must part. Oh, that's the other thing. This is very Christian. Uh, if you want a very Christmas religious, it's not like beating you over the head, but it's tied more so to religion than the actual holiday. So boy outside Nazareth who must part with his best friend, an old donkey named small one. Very sad. He brings it to the market, but no one is in need of a scrawny donkey except for a tanner. Yeah. So he has to sell the donkey, I think, to go to Nazareth. And he has to get rid of his donkey, which is his best friend. But if he does that, the donkey's going to die. So if that doesn't scream Disney... <laughs> that doesn't scream Disney like, Hey, did you want to be sad? <laughs> Watch this. And then you're just sucked right into it. it. It's short, I think. Yeah, it's 25 minutes. I think it was on like Family Channel or YTV or something. I was a bit younger. It might have been actually around the same time I watched Emmett Otter. Um, it's incredibly sad. I don't know. Oh, no. Oh, right. All right. So, okay. Wow. That is now I know why I was crying. Okay, so I can't explain anything about this without giving it away. But that basically that plot synopsis is... Um, maybe something happens, you know, maybe he doesn't get sold to a tanner, maybe he gets sold to somebody else, and it's kind of crucial for Christmas, if that's not a blatant giveaway, I don't know what is, I don't know if you can find this, though, I don't know if this has ever been, like, released, home media, okay, okay, so, unless you have, unless you want to buy a hundred dollar, uh, Walt Disney's classic cartoon favorites, volume nine, classic holiday, holy hell, stories, Okay, wow, that's just a mouthful. I didn't think it'd be that long. That came out in 2005, uh, so you'll never be able to find that, especially for an affordable price. But apparently, it was made available for streaming and download in digital format in certain countries and territories. So maybe you can find it on YouTube. It is Disney, so I doubt it. But maybe on YouTube, you could rent it. iTunes, probably. It's it's a cool one. It's different. Um, I've only seen it the one time. I've never seen it come back on. It's never included in any DVDs. It's never referenced on anything. So, and it could be too, just because it's Don Bluth. They're probably like, mm, clean their hands of that. Yeah, that, that's a cool one. That's a cool one. I'll have to check that one out myself, really. And then the classic. I wasn't going to include this. I really wasn't, but why not? It's the Star Wars holiday special. What can I say about this that hasn't already been said other than I actually don't mind it. I won't watch it every year, but there's some stuff in there that are kind of cool, especially when it, it was considered canon at some points, which is kind of fun. <laughs> but there's a lot of suggestive things and some stuff that's boring. And for, I don't know why. I don't know why. Like I get variety shows were big, but they were kind of on their way out. So I don't know why they made it like a variety show. Even if they made it one hour and it was like a closed, concealed story, it probably would have been a lot better. You probably would have been able to find it on Blu-ray, which is still just a crime. But that's that and those Ewok films. Like, I don't know why Disney doesn't do a holiday special, those two Ewok films, put them on a Blu-ray, mark them as legends. I don't care. Throw them on Blu-ray. People will buy them. I can tell you right now people will buy them. I don't know. I don't know why they don't do that. But yeah, a, a small, concise story would have been a little bit better. But the rever the variety show definitely gives it its charm. So, like, that 
you know, you could take away something and fix it, but then it's not going to be the same. So it's cool. And if, if anything, the, the Boba Fett cartoons, pretty cool. Like that's honestly awesome. It's, I think it was done by Nirvana, like a Canadian, or maybe it was Deke. I think it might've been Nirvana. And, uh, that's, that's really, really cool. I, from what I understand, that's the introduction of Boba Fett. And, uh, yeah, the animation style is a little weird, but it's kind of also really neat. Um, yeah, it's just so it's bad, but it, I, I, it's, it's, oh, I'm struggling to say enjoyable cause it's not really enjoyable, but if you just want to have a laugh at Christmas and you love star Wars and throw that on, I, I can't say anything more about it. Um, but, uh, I don't know. Should I talk about underrated or TV specials next? I don't know. I still got a lot here. Wow. So much for quick. It's going to take me like an hour and a half to edit this bad boy. And at this point, like, what are we at here? We're already at an hour and a half. Oh my God. Oh my Jesus Christ. All right. You know what? I'm just going to put a stop here. I'm going to pick it back up. And if the audio is different, I'm really sorry about that. Okay. So I'm uh, actually recording right now from the girlfriend's house. Um, because I didn't realize uh, I was going to be gone for the whole day, but I desperately want to get this out, especially before Christmas, otherwise there's no point. So I'm not actually quite sure where I started off from, but I'm pretty sure um, the next subject we're on here, topic, I guess, is underrated. Um, So number one, uh, 100%, has to be The Family Man. Uh, I don't even know where to start with this one. It's such like a simple story, simple concept, but it really hits you like right in the feels. And uh, even if you're not a big Nick Cage fan, I myself am a big Nick Cage fan, like not Die Hard or anything like that. Um, but, uh, you know, he's, he's pretty good. This movie's great. Um, I watched it um, with the parents, I think, last year or two years ago. And uh, my dad especially, uh, the girlfriend too, but she wasn't there for that. They're not, they hate Nick Cage, like not big Nick Cage fans at all. By the end, like, all three of us. It's weird because like, I never usually have like a very family, like a family, um, like movie bonding time, really not, not too often. But by the end, we were both like all three of us, like had tears in our eyes. Like it was very, very heartfelt. Um, basically the concept is, uh, this, this banker has everything. Um, Nick Cage is a, this banker or lawyer. He's like super, super wealthy, but he goes home alone. He's got a girlfriend. Um, but there's nothing really that he, he like cares for and like before he was this banker like before he was about to take this job he had Tia Leone as um his girlfriend but they went separate ways and I'm pretty sure it's like he wonders what happens if he didn't and he like falls in love sort of with the life that he would have had and uh it's fantastic and not a lot of people watch it I'm pretty sure it's like I don't know if it's Brian Singer that directed it, or if it's, um, the other one. Oh my gosh. You know, the other one, the other guy who's like a, a Brian Singer, like crony. He's like, he's, if I'm not, not mistaken, he's the same guy who directed X-Men last stand. And I'm sorry, I really wish I could pull this up, but I am simply just recording. I don't have any internet in this house. I have nothing. So, um, yeah, but it, it's, it's, it's wonderful. And it's on Netflix and the Blu-ray is cheap. If you can't, if you don't have Netflix, I think you pick this up for like five bucks, ten bucks. And it, and I, I can't see like anybody like not enjoying it. It might not be a holiday staple, 
Um, but every once in a while, perfect to watch that one. This is like, of all the ones that I have, it's very underrated, I feel. Like, this should, should be one that's on TV a lot more often than it is, and it's not It's not usually. And the second one is kind of in the same vein. Um, this is The Polar Express. It's definitely more of a, a kid's movie, but I feel like it's like at the short end of the stick pretty often. Plus, Tom Hanks is in it. Tom Hanks. Everybody loves Tom, Tom Hanks. And the message is very deep, like... Um, basically overall the message is like you shouldn't forget what Christmas used to mean to you as a kid like the magic of Christmas because eventually like either A don't care or B it just becomes about presence like the commercialism of it and it's just great This the special effects are cool I mean for the time when they came out unreal like nobody had really seen any motion capture like that and uh, yeah I'm pretty sure Tom Hanks is like one of those things you know where it's like Jim Carrey Jim Carrey and Jim Carrey it's one of those I think Tom Hanks plays the conductor the ghost on the train. He plays Santa Claus. I think he plays one of the kids. He plays the the dad. I think he like he plays like almost everybody. It's uh, Robert Zemeckis. So he did. A, I think he had like it was like um, something imagination. He had his own motion capture like thing. He did uh, Beowulf. He did uh, uh, Polar Express, which was like the big one, and he did um, I think Jim Carrey's. Oddly enough, Jim Carrey. I think, uh, like, The Christmas Carol, another Christmas movie. That one's pretty good, too. I could have thrown that on the list, but I don't think I've ever actually seen it all the way through. And uh, I think this company kind of tanked after Mars Needs Moms, which I've never watched. I don't think anybody did, and that's probably why it tanked. Um, But, yeah, Polar Express is great. It's not too long. Plus, it's got Josh Groban's, like, Believe. Perfect. Perfect song. Um, and a lot of sad moments. Like, it's not just like a, I find like a lot of kids movies now are very gushy. Not that I watch a lot of them, but they're all just very mind numbingly, um, stupid with, for lack of better terms. And this one's got a lot of heart, a lot of story ups and downs. And it's, it's very Christmassy. I would definitely recommend this as like a Christmas Eve, like night of Christmas Eve film. Not perfect, but you know, close enough. And then the next, I kind of didn't really have a lot for underrated, but um, Jingle All the Way is one I used to really enjoy as a kid, and everybody said it was dog shit, more or less. But over the years, more people have come to admire it for what it is, and it's actually like not the worst thing. It's got a lot of great scenes, a lot of like memorable lines, uh, some catchy um, like costume design, um, plus Sinbad. I mean, how many movies can you watch with Sinbad in it? answer is not a lot and Arnold Schwarzenegger good old American man you know as as he always seems to be portrayed and it's got young Anakin Skywalker in this and who doesn't love that kid right it's sarcastic no one likes that kid and uh but turbo turbo man turbo guy I think it's turbo man it's turbo time plus it's got Phil Hartman like rest in peace the wonderful Phil Hartman watch five minutes of that guy and tell me you don't love him it's fantastic I'm pretty sure you can find it anywhere you want, Jingle All the Way. It's probably got really cheap copyright. Um, It's on Netflix. It's probably on TV all the time. Like I said, recently it's become a little more mainstream, but you could probably, like, you could probably get away with saying it's underrated because it's not like some people don't even know what it is, let alone know what what it's really about. They maybe seen it once. And, yeah, that's kind of all I have for underrated. Um, Definitely, though, watch The Family Man. Check out The Polar Express. Uh, those are those are key. Um, what do I have left here? TV episodes. Ooh, TV episodes. Right, right. So 
Oh man, I don't have that many. Oh no. Well, I definitely wanted to include more, but unfortunately it looks like I didn't uh, include that much. I guess I'll have to get it next year. Um, but I have Doctor Who. Uh, if you're not a big Doctor Who fan, the Christmas specials don't tie really into anything. Aside from like uh, one or two that have like some importance to the overall season arcs, these are great standalone episodes, and you can watch them just about with anybody. I used to watch them with my brother. I watch them with like friends, people that had never seen Doctor Who, and they love it. It's a great story, and like same thing as like I said before, it hits all the marks. You know, happy, funny, sad, heartwarming, sincere, wholesome, and um, especially um, the ones with um, yeah. I never really liked Peter Capaldi's doctor. Like, he's okay. Like, I don't want anybody to be like, oh, my God, he's great, and why do you not like him? Because he's, he is great. I just, his doctor I never really warmed up to, unfortunately. But, like, Matt Smith, more or less, his, um, the one with the, um, oh, what is that called? What is that one called? It's it's not called The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. But it's close. Like, if you, if you look it up on Wikipedia, that one is, like, one of my favorite episodes of TV ever, let alone Christmas episode. It's just it's just so great. It's um, basically the doctor comes to this family, the mother and two or three kids, and they're alone because their father is um, out at World War II, and he hasn't come back, and the mother has gotten a letter. You don't know if the letter says he's lost or he's killed, but... He's not going to be home for Christmas. And so the doctor is going out of his way to make this Christmas super magical for the family. And I don't know if he warns them not to go into a certain thing or like a certain room, but they do. And when they do, they actually go into like another like planet um, and then they get lost there. And the mother basically has to find the kids. And it's, it's fantastic. I still think about it all the time. I usually watch it almost every single Christmas. It's great. Um, there's also another one. Um, it's kind of like a Christmas Carol, uh, and it has um, man. I am hurting for names here. It has the same actor who plays Dumbledore in the Harry Potter series. He plays the, kind of like the Scrooge character, and that one's really interesting because like the love of his life isn't actually like actually you know what I don't want to spoil it, but that one's a really good one too. Yeah, it's basically a Christmas Carol. Uh, David Tennant's got some good ones. The um, Tenth Doctor, the, uh, what is it called? It's called, like, The Other Doctor, or The Next Doctor, something, it's, it's something Doctor. That one is, like, a favorite episode. I never really, like, associated it with being, like, Christmas, but it is the actual Christmas episode, the Christmas special. That one is great. I love that one, actually. It's, like, it's, um, oh, two, and The Snowman for Matt Smith. Watch The Snowman. That one's really good. Um, but getting back to the 10th Doctor there, uh, it's it's like, I think it's like Victorian England. It's like right at the turn of like the industrial age. And uh, so that's already really cool. I love like the period pieces. The Snowman is also kind of in that time for Matt Smith. I think that might have been his first holiday special. Um, and I think it has, yeah, yeah, no, that, yeah, I think that might be his first one. And that's the, the first, first, that's the second time you see... Uh, Clara, uh, which is great. Um, but it's, it's, uh, there's another doctor. There's like a doctor with an assistant. Um, 
and basically the doctor's trying to figure out who this guy is, like how he knows exactly what he knows. And there's this like woman, uh, I can't remember exactly which villain she's kind of tied in with, but she builds, it might be the Cybermen. I think it's the Cybermen. And then she builds this like giant Cybermen, like robot, like steampunk looking Cybermen robot. And is like going through Victorian uh, England, like London. And uh, it's a really cool episode. So even if you're not like a big Doctor Who fan, I would check out at least those, like at least one to those four I mentioned. They're really great. Peter Capaldi, like I said, he has episodes. Uh, check check them out, I guess. I haven't, I only think I saw one. One maybe. Unfortunately, the Ninth Doctor doesn't have any Christmas episodes. Um, and then, oh, the Thirteenth Doctor. Uh, I think her Christmas episode either just came out or it'll be coming out soon. Because they usually do a Christmas special. So if this comes out in time or maybe I just missed it. Definitely try and check that one out because that's a fresh start. I'm pretty sure like that'd be the best point to jump in on. Um, other than that, uh, as for like uh, TV specials, this one is great. The girlfriend I tried to make her watch it the other day did not want any part of it, and that is um, Pee Wee Herman's Christmas, or is it Pee Wee Herman's Christmas special? It's basically just look up Pee Wee Herman's Christmas. It is amazing. Like I have a warm spot in my heart for Pee Wee Herman. Like. <laughs> between like all like the wacky like um sets and like cool like stop motion cool puppets cool like characters uh he's got like wacky songs the guests oh my gosh like it's just a plethora of like late 80s early 90s guests like everybody from like katie lang to oprah winfrey to like shaja gabor like everybody's in there and uh you're never gonna see lawrence fishburne look like that ever again unless you like watch Pee Wee herman and it's it's great like it's like a, almost like a perfect blend of like the Rankin Bass like stop motion um stop motion kind of like um vibe and then it's plus like Pee Wee Herman plus like modern stuff and it's so flashy like neon colors very Christmassy and uh it's I don't know if it actually is before or prior to the Tim Burton film I don't really know how that works if the show came after or before the film but it definitely has more of a higher production value than the show does. And you and it's not long. Uh, like Same with the Doctor Who. The Doctor Who is like, there's sometimes like an hour, uh, maybe a little longer. And the same with this. Like Pee Wee Herman, I think it's like 50 minutes, 45 minutes. It might be an hour. But it's 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 like, it's close to movie time, but it's not quite. But you, you it'll, it's a breeze to go through and it's just such a it's just so odd it's just so different like you're never going to really see anything quite like this again um in terms of like christmas like a christmas special um what else here yeah i i mean there's lots of good stuff all the office episodes for christmas are always good um everything from the very first christmas episode all the way up until like i think it's like season eight or season nine after steve Krell leaves where you have like belschnickel like anything with belschnickel like impisher admirable perfect they're great uh same with uh, community community has like tons of good christmas episodes at least two for sure if not three like two that are great like abbott's christmas and uh oh, what's the other one oh i can't think of what the other one is one is like Abbott, uh, Abbott's like uh, claymation Christmas or special Christmas, and that's like a, it's just like a little homage, like a love letter to the Rankin Bass Christmas specials, because it's all in Abbott's head. And then there's also like the other one where they're like poking at Glee. Uh, that's great, uh, 
great, great episode. I haven't watched Community in some time, but those episodes I always seem to go back to. And, um, hmm, what else? I wish I had more notes on this, but uh, unfortunately I, I, I didn't get anything. Oh, I don't watch it yet, but I've only heard really good things. Oh, actually, I'm going to cut myself off there again. Black Mirror. Uh, I think it's called White Christmas. That is like a, that is a phenomenal. It's basically watching a little movie, and I love Black Mirror. I can't get enough Black Mirror. I'm so happy to hear that they're releasing like a new. I think it's a movie now. I thought it was going to be a season, but apparently they're releasing like a movie. So get hyped for that. I, I know I am. Um, but yeah, it's called White Christmas. That's perfect. You could also really watch like the USS. Um, I think it's like McAllister or something like that. It's like the first episode of season four. It's not quite Christmas, but for some reason I associate it with Christmas. There's a couple episodes that you could tie in with Christmas for Black Mirror. Uh, but yeah, definitely check out White Christmas. And then also, too, if you're on Netflix, like I said, I haven't watched it yet. It's like The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, um, which I it's on my list. I'm planning to get there. But apparently they just released um, a new like Christmas special episode. Um, and it's focused on like one of like the Christmas like um, deities that isn't like talked about, you know, like Belshnickel or Krampus. Like Saint Nicholas has like other like companions in a lot of folklore, and there's like a demon, like a Christmas demon, and the name escapes me right now. But apparently, it focuses on that. I hope it's not a spoiler, but that's what I saw, and it's it's supposed to be unreal. So I I don't know if I should jump in and watch that episode, like if it's like standalone, or do I have to watch the whole season? Because like if so, and then I'll have to watch it unfortunately after, but. Apparently that's supposed to be like really, really good. So if you've already watched it, I think it just came out. Go check that out, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Oh, and two, if you're on Netflix, it's kind of old. People might not even know it's there because for some reason they released it outside of the actual show. But if you love BoJack Horseman, there's a Christmas special for that. And uh, it's actually really cool. It's like it basically takes part almost fully, if not like entirely, in like when BoJack was like in his show, like horsing around. And it's like perfect. It's like it's... It's almost like a perfect spoof of, like, old 90s TV sitcoms, Christmas specials, and I loved it. I'll, I watched that, actually, a couple times, even, like, not in the season, because it's just spot on. When I was, like, hungry for more BoJack, I would throw in the Christmas special, and it's not long. That's, like, 20 minutes, I think. It's 20 or 30 minutes. It's just, like, maybe, like, five or six minutes longer than a standard episode. But, yeah, go check those out. Uh, that's all I have, actually, for TV specials. Sorry if it sounds like I'm rushing, but I only have so much memory on my phone. And I only have so much time before everybody gets home. And they're like, why is Tyler, like, talking in a room by himself just, like, super loud? Um, so I'm just going to keep muscling on ahead here. we got two more. i got Christmas movies that aren't Christmas movies slash alternative Christmas. And then the next is, as I have it here in quotations, not Christmas movies. But I always do think of uh, Christmas when I think of Christmas movies. Um, right. So alternative Christmas, the staple, Die Hard. Um, I used to be very much of the camp that Die Hard is a Christmas movie, but like the more I watch it, I'm like, mm, it's like a movie that takes place during Christmas. It has nothing to do with Christmas. Like if you want to get all film scholarly, like, yeah, like there's so many like moments where he's the Christ figure and like blah, blah, blah. But like Christ is a child in Christmas, so it doesn't really work that way. And, uh, sure. It takes place kind of Christmas. There's a snowflake here or there maybe, but you know, other than, like, a couple references, like Santa Claus hats and ho, 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 and man, like, I just wanted to be home for Christmas, that sort of stuff. It's not super Christmassy. It's definitely, like, a fun departure um, from the Christmas fair that I've been spewing and that you'll see all over TV. Um, but it has its ups and downs, right? That's a fun movie, and you're going to see it on TV, so 
check it out. You know, have a watch. See if you feel like it's a Christmas movie. I flip-flop. I, like, like I said, I used to really think, yeah, like, I was one of those, like, yeah, it's a Christmas movie, but now it's like, um, like, sure, like, okay, yeah, it might be a Christmas movie, but, uh, like, I'm, it's never my first choice, it's just, it's more like a, I'm kind of, like, tired, like, worn out from, like, watching all these Christmas movies, I'll throw that on, so that's kind of, like, my first one, if you haven't seen it, watch it, um, especially greater on the holidays, um, and then my second one, this is actually the one I would recommend the most is Batman Returns. Batman, the first one, I would also say is a Christmas movie, but Batman Returns, my favorite Batman movie, very much a Christmas movie, set entirely during Christmas, right during the peak of winter, and it's got Catwoman, Penguin, um, Max Shrek, who I think was actually made for the film, Michael Keaton's still in there, the OG Batman, and uh, yeah, they really like, after Batman took off, they're like, okay, Tim, Tim Burton, they're, uh, we're on first name basis. You can have full reign of this one, and it was, like, dark, twisted, uh, very, like, sexually, like, erotic for some reason, and uh, just it's just all over the place, but you can't stop watching it. It's one of those things where, you're like, it's not, like, off the walls, like, crazy, where you're like, I don't understand it, but I can't take my eyes off of it. It's like, you don't understand how, like, this train wreck of a film is, is like, borderline, like, phenomenal. Like, it's it's not a perfect film. Um, by any means, but it's, um, it's just got something to it where uh, it's dark in a way that now watching Batman, you're like, yeah, like Batman's dark. But then like the first Batman movie, when it came out, people were like, oh my God, this isn't Adam West. This is like dark. But then like Tim Burton's like, <laughs> you think that's dark? Hold on. Cause like Batman Returns is like literally the color palette is like black, white, gray, red, black. And did I say black? Because black. Like, it's just so dark. And uh, you can cut, like, the tension between all the characters with a knife. It's unreal. Um, but it uh, something about it, though, it just makes it so Christmassy. Like, there's Christmas themes all throughout it. But, like, the overarching, like, story, it just... Uh, I don't know. It's just... It's very, very Christmassy. Something about Gotham and snow, it just goes hand-in-hand hand since Tim Burton and... Uh, if you're going to check out one movie that, like, is an alternative Christmas movie, throw in Batman Returns. See how you like it. It's not for everybody, but, yeah. Uh, also, too, this isn't on my list, but anything by, like, Shane Black. For some reason, that guy is, like, obsessed with Christmas. All of his movies, from, like, Lethal Weapon to... Uh, what is that one movie he does? I think it's, like, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. He does that, and he does... Uh, and, like, Iron Man 3 even is, like, Christmas. So if you just want something a little different, look up Shane Black. <laughs> I'm sure everything on his like movie um, filmography, aside from like Monster Squad or like Predator One, is going to be Christmassy up like up the wazoo. Like it's very Christmassy. So maybe look into that if like Batman Returns kind of does something for you. And the other one I have on here is Trading Places. This one is very much a Christmas movie, but it's like for a much older audience. Like not as much as like Bad Santa like older audience or like eight crazy nights but this is like it's got <laughs> pimps prostitutes homeless people racist jokes sexist jokes uh like very dated homosexual jokes it's all very funny but it's not for children by any means and uh it's not like an overly christmas movie there's no like christmas like pure of heart it's very much like prince and the pauper type story it's got dan Aykroyd, eddie murphy and i believe 
the girl is Jamie Lee Curtis. It's fantastic, though. I only remember watching bits and pieces and thinking, oh, it's not very good. But I watched it last year, and I watched it this year, and I was dying each time. It's great. Eddie Murphy, this is like peak Eddie Murphy time. And this is like peak Dan Aykroyd, too. This is like before like Dan Aykroyd. I don't know why, but both of them, I feel like Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy felt like they were untouchable. Like After they made so many movies, they just were like, yeah, I can do whatever I want. And that just isn't true. So this is like peak, I think, for them. And then Jamie Lee Curtis is really good in this, actually. I'm not the biggest Jamie Lee Curtis fan, but it's it's basically a Prince and the Popper story. Like, Dan Aykroyd has it all, and Eddie Murphy is, like, pretending to be, like, crippled and blind and whatever, right? And then it, they do the bosses of the firm that Dan Aykroyd works for think Dan Aykroyd is basically a piece of shit. And so they have a gamble that any, any monkey, as they say, which I feel awful just saying that, um could do his job like any like nitwit could do his job and uh so they're like they see eddie murphy on the street like getting thrown out of the hotel and so they do a little switcheroo and all of a sudden eddie murphy is dan Aykroyd's job and dan Aykroyd is penniless and then uh that's basically how that goes and it's a little then i i don't remember how they meet exactly um but they do meet and uh then they like they try and like get back both of their like they try to keep Eddie Murphy's job and they try to get Dan Aykroyd back his job and they work together it's a great movie it's hilarious it's very engageable it's like you're not gonna like take your eyes off it so that's the thing a lot of these Christmas movies especially if you've seen them a hundred million times it's very very hard to just not to not just throw them on and like be on your phone like it's nice because it's Christmassy but sometimes like these movies are like really good like you won't even touch your phone maybe to like throw on Wikipedia to like look up something but that's really about it uh yeah so Die Hard Batman Returns anything by Shane Black and Trading Places those are the ones I'm recommending right now for like my alternative Christmas and not to rush this along I really was like I'm gonna spread it out but I think I've got like maybe 20 minutes so I'm gonna try and bang these out here so the last one on the list not Christmas movies but I always think of Christmas when I watch these the first one is a favorite of mine, not just for Christmas, it's just in general. It's Steven Spielberg's, I think it's 2003 uh, film, it might be 2006. Uh, I think it is 2003. It's Catch Me If You Can with Tom Hanks and Leonardo DiCaprio. This film has a lot of scenes that have that are in and around Christmas, but the film is not a Christmas movie by any means because it's taking place throughout a bunch of years. So it's Tom Hanks. Is, is trying to find uh, Frank, uh, Tom Hanks is Carl something, I can't think of his last name, and he's trying to like track down uh, Frank Abagnale Jr., which is played by Leonardo DiCaprio, and this is actually based on a true story, it's a great, great story, it's got uh, Christopher Walken in it also, it's fantastic, uh, and uh, who else is in there, Amy Adams, Martin Sheen, lots and lots of like, oh, and I think even Jennifer Garner's in it for a bit, lots of good people in this film, and it's basically... Uh, it's like a, um, yeah, it's like a cat and mouse story. So Frank Abagnale Jr., Leonardo DiCaprio, he's like embezzling money and like forging checks and he's just constantly like scheming people and like getting by like that. He's like 16 year old kid. And, uh, Frank or not Frank, Carl, who's Tom Hanks is working for the FBI and he's like tracking him down and like through like numerous times he's like tracking him down there's like the one scene that I'll, I'll always think of it's like uh, Frank gets back into the states and he like goes to like he finds his mom 
and his mom remarried um, their neighbor or something like that, and like they have a kid, and they're playing. Um, sorry about the sniffles, guys. I don't know where they're coming from. And it's like Nat King Cole's um, the Christmas song is like playing, and, and like he like goes up to the window and he knocks, and the little girl comes up, and it's like you know it's like chestnuts roasting. It's like all very Christmas. The snow's falling down. The lights are going, and he's like, "Where's your mommy? Where's your mommy?" And she points, and it's his mom. So his mom completely moved on, like never wrote to him, never tried to get back together with his dad, just completely moved on, like abandoned him. And it's like crushing. And it's like they're having that like perfect family moment during Christmas that he had always wanted. And it's gone now. He can't get it. So when the FBI all rolls up and he sees that, he's like, just take me away, Carl. Like, get me in the car. Like, I, and that scene, since I saw the very first time, sticks with me always that is like the most pin pinnacle crucial christmas moment for me out of any film christmas or whatever it's like more memorable than any like story i've ever heard song i've ever heard movie i've ever watched that scene right there just the way like steven spielberg like crafted that all with the song the lighting the framing oh just perfect and then there's also other stuff too like they like uh carl finds them in france like in this old uh, factory where he's forging bills or checks or whatever. And then when he catches them, he like blows up all the checks out of the machine. He's like, Merry Christmas, Carl. And it's right in this little French town where his mother used to live. It's, it's stuff like that where no matter when I see the movie or think of the movie, I just think of those scenes. And they're like, it's a, it's, it's a wonderful film. Like it's probably a top 10 or a top five, top five film for me of like any film always of all time. It's up there. So I'd recommend that one easily. Catch me if you can. Um, what else do I got here? Harry Potter, especially the first two. They have Christmas parts in them, like, because it's school, right? So it goes throughout the year. So the, especially the first movie, I think, I really think about Christmas. It also, like, I think about Halloween, too. But if if they're one of those movies, like I was saying, like, you throw them on, right? I wouldn't sit down to eat popcorn and watch it, maybe. I mean, if there's a few people there... But if I was just, like, wrapping gifts or I was just, like, relaxing on my phone, I'd probably throw on, like, Harry Potter. Well, any Harry Potter, really. But I usually think of, like, one or two when I'm thinking about Christmas. But there's other movies, too. I think it's, like, four or five where it's, like, winter and they go down and they drink butterbeer and stuff. Like, there are parts in those movies where they celebrate Christmas or they're doing Christmassy things or even snow. I just think of Christmas. I just thought I'd include it in there. They're always good, one to, good ones to have on. Um... This one, though, is a big one. This is technically, to me, and a lot of fans of the series, um, the James Bond Christmas movie, the Christmas special, if you will. And it's actually, like, probably my, one of my top three James Bond movies of all time. And it's uh, On Her Majesty's Secret Service, the George Lazenby, the one and the only George Lazenby James Bond film. It's perfect. It's perfect. It's, 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 I was talking about this in my very first podcast, but it's... The fight scenes are unreal. The dialogue's crisp. It's fast. It's loose. It's not, like, too clunky. And this is the one where James Bond falls in love. He gets married. Uh, this is, like, the first time. This is long before, like, Daniel Craig and uh, Vespa. He falls in love. And it's... Um, also, the fighting's unreal. Like, this is, like... This is better than any, like, Sean Connery or Roger Moore that you're going to see. This is, like... I think that probably the next time you're going to see really good fighting is, like, Timothy Dalton or, like, Daniel Craig... And, uh, yeah, it's, they're skiing and it's just, it's, it's 
basically like the James Bond Christmas special. I'd also maybe include like the spy loved me maybe because there's a lot of like snow in that or um, not Casino Royale. What's that other one? I'd maybe include um, Quantum Solace. Like I would never actually recommend that movie to anybody, but that's got some scenes like that. But probably Spectre, uh, the most recent James Bond film. Um, but yeah, definitely check out On Her Majesty's Secret Service. That is like the James Bond Christmas special. You could just call it that. And any diehard James Bond fan would know exactly what you're talking about. Um, there's other ones maybe, like The World Is Not Enough. Is that even a movie? Is that a game? Oh, man, I don't know. It's like the second um, Pierce Bronson film. Man, I wish I remember. Yeah, The World Is Not Enough. That's that's a That's a movie. Yeah, uh, so definitely on our Magic Secret Service, Spy Love Me, The World Is Not Enough, Inspector, but obviously on our Magic Secret Service is the one I would recommend the most. Just throw those on. If you like James Bond, boom, easy, done. Um, now these ones have, this one coming up is more Christmassy than anything, and that's Edward Scissorhands. To me, this is a Christmas movie, but really when you look at it, it's not. There's like maybe three scenes of this whole almost two-hour film that are kind of Christmassy, but I always kind of include it in my Christmas watching. Like, it probably comes on every, like, two or three years. I'd probably throw this one on. Like, to me, it's not, like, just a casual watching movie. You don't just throw this on in the summer. It's, like, a late fall to mid-winter movie, so why not? Throw it on at Christmas, especially at the end, you know? It's very it's a very much a love story at the end of the day. Um, it's Frankenstein, kind of. It's very much a love story, and how else am I going to fit a little Vincent Price in here? You know, I've already got some Tim Burton, so Vincent Price's last um, film role is in this film. He's the the creator of Edward Scissorhands, and it's just great to have him on there. And there's lots of snow, um, lots of love, family. It's a Christmas movie, kind of. You know, think of Christmas when I see it. And the last, but certainly not least, one of my faves, it's probably... I probably watch this at least once a year, and that's American Psycho with Christian Bale. 2000, 2001, maybe 2002 it came out. Maybe 2004. I don't know. I didn't write it down. Wish it did. It's early 2000 film. A good third of this film, like it's all kind of within the winter, but a good third of this film takes place around like the Christmas time. And like, it's not a Christmas movie by any means. But it's always a fun alternative. It's fun to throw it on there. I think of it because I think of, like, Christian Bale wearing the antlers, you know, and, like, the, at the Christmas party just being absolutely miserable and uh, all the snow and just the mixture of, like, red always. There's lots of red in that movie. I could have thrown this one on uh, horror, really, scary movies, but it doesn't. it's not entirely, like, a Christmas-themed film, so... I kind of neglected to put it on there. I also probably could have put it on alternative history because it has just as much to do with Die Hard uh, being a Christmas movie, if not more. Um, but yeah, if you haven't seen it, I mean, it might not be the movie that puts you in the mood for Christmas, so maybe watch it not around Christmas time, but if you do watch it, hopefully you see where I'm coming from when I say it's about Christmas. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's it. Sorry, I, again, that I really rushed through this, but... I need to get this done, like, desperately before it is actually Christmas. Um, I was going to do some stories, but, um, yeah, sorry, I just didn't get to it. Um, 
yeah, no sponsors this week, no unsponsored sponsors, just, you know, be good to your family, enjoy the time you have, if you're alone, make the best of it, volunteer, um, do some food kitchens, um, food banks, uh, do Salvation Army, um, anything, you know, anything that's like volunteer, if you're alone, will make you feel so much better, just trust me on that, and for those that are celebrating family, friends, just make the best of it, you know, it's not about gifts, it's just about being together, giving, and then just enjoying everything, you know, because I think a lot of times we take that for granted. And um, if those people are making time for you, then they obviously care about you. And I think that's probably the best gift that uh, anybody can get. Um, sorry again for uh, being late, uh, but I hope everybody has a wonderful Christmas. I hope people had a wonderful Hanukkah. I know that ended on the 10th. Um, yeah, just uh, be excellent to each other. And uh, hopefully, uh, I'll get you some Christmas stories in. Like, I might get one in. It'll just be like a little episode. I'm doubting it, but hopefully I do. Um, and yeah, this uh, this has been the very modest, very quick, unfortunately, Christmas extravaganza episode on A Conversation for One. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, on uh, ACFO Podcast, on Instagram at ACFO Podcast. Look me up on uh, SoundCloud at A Conversation for One Podcast. Uh, you can find this on iTunes. On, um, Google Play Music, and soon to be on Spotify, and on um, Stitcher, hopefully. But Spotify, I'm working on that. Um, and yeah, this show was written and produced. Well, not even written, unfortunately. The only beginning was written. The rest is just me, just babbling here by uh, me, Tyler Horlings, and was produced by also uh, the very lovely, the very fantastic, the very merry, jolly, holly jolly, uh, the very wonderful um, Victoria Chubb. And, uh, yeah, so I'll play out with something. Oh, 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 uh, definitely check out, um, Zat You, Santa Claus by Louis Armstrong, Louis Armstrong. And, oh, what's the other one I got here? Anything by Wayne Newton. Like at first I hated Wayne Newton, listening to Wayne Newton, but he, tell me I'm wrong, but he sounds like Patsy Cline. Just throw on White Christmas by Wayne Newton. He sounds like Patsy Cline. Um... Yeah, what else did I have here? Any Dominic the Donkey, check that one out. And, oh, I just got this. You have to check this out. Any, the, the Jackson 5 Christmas sound, uh, CD, fantastic. Every one of those songs, absolute funk, groovy, banger. It's wonderful. Um, but other than that, yeah, check out Zat You Santa Claus. I don't know how I never heard that song before, but it's great. So, yeah, that's it. Merry Christmas, everybody. I hope I get this, I get this out to you at least before Christmas Eve tomorrow. Um... Like I said, check me out, Twitter, Instagram. I'm going to try and do a lot better. I know I was like a month and a half behind. Just enjoy your family time, and uh, I'll catch you later, hopefully soon. All right, uh, Tyler out. Who's there? Who is it? Uh, uh, you stopping for a visit? Is that you? Santa Claus!